This is the Be The Boss Podcast, Episode 3. Welcome to the Be The Boss Social Media Podcast, helping you turn your passion for social media into profit. And now for your host, Megan Pruitt. Hello, and thank you all so much for joining me on the Be The Boss podcast. As a friendly reminder, this podcast is really for any social media professional who's looking to gain knowledge that they can share with other professionals or their clients. So thanks so much again for joining me. And if you enjoy what you hear on this webinar, it would mean so much to me if you could take a moment, head over to iTunes, give a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I also want to let you know that you can find helpful links and expanded information in the show notes of this podcast on my website, www.meganpruitt.com. So today we're going to be talking about user-generated content. I had a client request expanded and additional information in regards to user-generated content. And they are a more traditional client that has some privacy concerns that they need to protect of their brand ambassadors. They wanted a very comprehensive overview from a 101 level to getting into the legalities. And I am by no means a legal expert, but I tried to do some research and I think I have some valuable information that is good for you to know and to be well-versed on. And so we've included that information in this podcast. I'm going to come to you with a very basic 101 level understanding of what user-generated content is. So if you're new to social media and you have no idea what I'm talking about, we're going to go ahead and cover that. And then we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the benefits of UGC, which stands for user-generated content. You'll hear me refer to it as UGC quite often throughout this podcast. We're going to talk about how you can acquire content UGC. We're going to talk about some terms and conditions. We'll get into the legalities of user-generated content. And then my favorite is to review some companies who have done some really cool UGC campaigns successfully. As social media professionals, we are expected to come up with a ton of content. Just as a little review on Facebook, we're probably posting two to three times a day. And on Twitter, I would say in between five to 10 times a day, between retweeted content and at mentions, original content, you know, that's a lot over the course of a month. And I always urge all of my clients to think in advance for 30 days worth of content. I usually, you know, spend the bulk of the last two weeks of the month working and collaborating with a copywriter so that we can come up with content. We're aligning, you know, our calendars and expectations with our clients. It forces them to think strategically. But at the end of the day, that's a lot of content to come up with. And then as social media professionals, we also have to balance the fact that we don't always want forced product pitches. You know, it's one of my largest tasks as a social media professional is getting my clients to say, listen, let's stop telling our consumers and our potential brand ambassadors how great we are and let's let them tell each other. So that takes a radical shift and it takes a progressive mind. But if you are doing your job well, your clients get that and they're on board. So user-generated content is going to make all of our lives easier. I'm sure many of you are doing it, but for those of you who are not, we'll start with a very basic education. UGC is really a valuable tool of any social media strategy. Creating and distributing 
creating content is at the core of a well-rounded social media presence. And UGC really allows for rapid and diverse content creation that can be amplified and distributed over any type of social network. So just very basic, generic definition, user-generated content is any textual, visual, or audio produced by an individual who doesn't work for the company. And so therefore, hired efforts fall under an umbrella of content marketing, which can also be referred to as content writing. So we're talking about anything that any sort of brand ambassador produces. So it's nothing that you're producing. It's nothing that your clients are producing. It's what the masses are producing. So some common types of user-generated content are blog comments, pictures, videos, Facebook comments or posts would fall under the umbrella of UGC, reviews, forums, podcasts, all of the above are really different types of user-generated content. And, you know, there's just so many benefits of UGC that I want to just go through a few main points with you. I always, before I go and purchase something on, let's say, Amazon, I look at the reviews. When I was getting ready for the birth of my daughter and I had no idea what baby products to, you know, depend on, I turned to user-generated content. I really didn't trust what the companies were telling me. I wanted to know what moms were saying who were in the trenches, who were there and were doing that. And UGC content trumped all else. So, you know, you have to factor in and you can use the trust factor as a selling means to your clients. UGC also allows for the opportunity for campaigns to automate the content collection process. So maybe, and we'll get into this more in a moment, but maybe you have your UGC campaign living on a microsite and on your website and you're asking participants to download their photo and caption. Well, at that same time, you have a very unique opportunity to collect, you know, name, email address. They could also at that moment opt into a newsletter letter or a blog. And really, if you harness UGC campaigns correctly, you can multi-purpose them and, you know, have several benefits for your clients. There is also that heightened level of interaction between the customer and the brand. It's interactive. I don't know how much more, you know, two-way communication you can get between your brand ambassadors and a brand than a UGC campaign. So you can't really put a price on that, but I always try and sell that in hard and make sure the client understands that. Brand ambassadors are also provided with avenues in which they can contribute to and glean useful insights from the company's conversation. So, you know, maybe there's something that your clients can learn and grow from user-generated content. So those are just a few of the benefits and selling points that you can use with your clients if you're having to convince them of the benefits to running a campaign where you're going to go ahead and collect user-generated content. Let's talk for a moment about how you can acquire user-generated content. So one of the best ways to compile UGC, Renny, this is no secret, is simply to ask for it in the right way. And it's a critical step of this process. So a reward is one of the best ways that you can solicit, you know, user-generated content. You can simply give it in the form of a shout-out, a winner, like from a photo contest. If you're a winner, you'll get a shout-out. So simple. 
doesn't require a large budget. Then, of course, prizes always work well. You could feature the winning submission on a website homepage, or you can call out a top content producer with a nice acknowledgement. You know, there's so many ways that you can ask for user-generated content and get creative. Think strategically with your clients to get creative with this. Perhaps, you know, the easiest form of acquiring user-generated content is to leverage a hashtag. And this is because of the fact that hashtags are commonly featured across, we all know it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Vine, Tumblr. They're universal and it makes our job easier also. So I would also recommend to include a hashtag. It will allow fans and followers to participate in the campaign. But you can also go ahead and allow brand ambassadors to upload UGC to your website, your Facebook page, to a micro site. There's several vendors. I'll put them in the show notes that would facilitate a Facebook UGC campaign for you. It makes it easy and painless and automated. And um, I'm curious to hear who are some of your favorite Facebook contests and app vendors. So we now know how we're going to ask for the user-generated content. And now let's talk about supporting a user-generated campaign. So the next critical step to a successful UGC campaign is to support the campaign from several different sources. So if possible, you always want to bridge the gap between digital and traditional marketing. So if your client has a brick-and-mortar location, you want to go ahead and promote the campaign through a print display, maybe a pop-up tent the table, if they advertise in like print magazines or Duratrans, you know, in malls or anything of that nature, go ahead and incorporate your UGC campaign with your hashtag into your print efforts. Uh, you can also consider a retargeting campaign and a retargeting campaign for any of you that is not familiar is you're going to go ahead and say, you know what, anybody that's come to our website, let's go ahead and touch them again where they're living and breathing on the web, whether that be like Facebook or if they're on a review site, they're buying a car your ad would show up there promoting the user-generated content and it's really successful. You could also place a CTA in your email marketing campaigns. So maybe if you have an automated email going out, you could also include some information. To generate excitement and buzz, you could feature several submissions at the very beginning, middle, and near the end of the user-generated contest. And where this will work well is if you call out the person who has contributed the content, their friends, their followers are going to go ahead and see that. The person's going to be excited. You might get a few more submissions from it, but just constantly give the campaign life. You can also compose an email marketing campaign specifically for the UGC contest that's separate to drive traffic back to wherever your UGC campaign is going to live, or if it's as simple as just a separate email notification, just of the details of the campaign to your email database. We're always looking for ways to harness that email database. You know, I'm sure you've worked hard and your clients have worked hard to compile an email database. Let's go ahead and use it. So those are kind of the basic foundational steps to use GC campaign. And now we get into some of the more technical aspects of it. Again, disclaimer, I am not an expert. I do not study law by any means or a stretch of the imagination. And I don't know if all the information I'm giving you is correct. I hope it is. I try to do my due diligence, but it might not be. So I apologize in advance, but hopefully this is enough knowledge for you to sound savvy and just dangerous enough 
to hold a conversation with your clients. So some critical components of any UGC campaign is to have outlined terms and conditions. And I'm going to provide some links in the show notes, but some critical components of a terms and conditions clause for a UGC campaign is that you must have the participants comply with legal guidelines by confirming that consumers accept the terms and conditions that you have outlined. And what are some of those terms and conditions? One thing you're going to ask people that have submitted content to your UGC campaign is for their permission to reuse the content. Whether maybe you want to go ahead and you get such cool submissions, you want to use this or feature this in a commercial, a print campaign, a brochure, whatever it might be, you're going to ask that consumer for permission for content reuse. You're also going to enable opt-ins and communications for promotions. And then we're going to talk about something that's so critical and that I spent the bulk of my time researching is that you want to include safe harbor measures for a copyright takedown policy. So we'll talk about this more, but I'm going to provide you with four links of some sample terms and privacy conditions that you can go ahead and use as a guide. If you're running something very serious, I absolutely recommend that you speak to a lawyer or an expert in the industry. But, you know, this will at least give you an idea of what you're looking at with some of these links that will be in the show notes. So just some guidelines to cover you before I get into kind of the really specifics of what a safe harbor is, is that as a social media manager, you really should never edit any submissions from a user because if you go and edit them, you will become responsible in essence for copyright infringement. You know, in many cases, editing would include any modification to content, whether you go in and you fix spelling you fix grammar, you just, you don't, don't touch them. That is my advice to you from the research that I compiled. Don't touch it. But you do have the right, if you've stated it in your terms and conditions, to go ahead and delete or hide any posts in its entirety that determines, you know, any violation of your terms and conditions that you've listed. So this would be like profanity or if somebody, you know, brought your brand to kind of like look defamatory or anything like that, you have the right as a social media manager if you've outlined it in your terms and conditions to remove it. So those are just a few things I think are important to know, but let's get into way more specifics. So we're going to talk about the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. I had no idea what this was before. Um, I created this kind of outline and strategy for my clients, but really the Digital Millennium Copyright Act says that if a user uploads a copyrighted material to your website, let's say you're asking for videos and they use a song that has copyright terms on it, or you know they include a clip from a movie or anything like that, your website can be held secondarily liable as a copyright infringer if it's not compliant with the Digital Millennium Copyright Act or DMCA and where you will be protected as far as my understanding goes is if you fall under one of their safe harbors. And there are several safe harbors for internet service providers, you, you know, your companies that are running the UGC content. And these are created really to help shield, you know, your clients from copyright infringement liabilities. And, you know, this was done, this act was done to encourage innovation and entry into the social media space. So let's get into some of the more specific details. And I'm sorry if this sounds dry, but it is important. 
the DMCA limits liability for claims stemming from the ISP's passive activities. So these would be activities where internet service providers have no control or interaction with the infringing user-generated material. So, you know, they do recognize you can't control every activity on social media. If something horrible goes up and you can't get it down, you're not held liable. And where you need to place your efforts is really qualifying as a safe harbor. So to qualify as a safe harbor, a company must adopt and implement a termination policy for repeat infringers. And this would be included in your social media UGC terms and conditions. And one of the websites that I'll provide notes for in the show notes also includes an example of this. So companies really, you have to say that you're going to take down repeat infringers. You know, you have a termination policy, but companies have no duty to monitor for infringing conduct. You must have a procedure in place to identify and remove, you know, bad apple, repeat offenders, but you don't have to be, you know, the infringer police, so to speak. So companies hosting UGC content should have a clear and working copyright takedown policy in place, meaning that websites must have a symptom or a system to promptly remove copyrighted material. So, you know, this is kind of contradicting information. So you don't have to be the police, but you do have to take down something. So let's kind of like talk about how this would work. So a comprehensive takedown policy should include a designated copyright agent. This is somebody that you appoint that is registered with the copyright office to receive the takedown notices concerning potential infringing material. So you've appointed somebody, yourself as a social media manager, coordinator, director, you're not that person. It needs to be a registered agent with the copyright office. Companies, and this is, you know, you as a social media professional should also be careful not to get too involved in the UGC in terms of where it's stored because once a potential social media professional crosses the line from host to then editor, and this is why I told you earlier, do not edit spelling mistakes, anything. Once they cross that line, retaining your safe harbor status is going to prove very difficult. So that's why it's so important. You might see a spelling mistake or something that, you know, just drives you crazy, but don't touch it. So that kind of covers an introductory, you know, non-legal professional introduction to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Again, I'm not an expert, but the other thing, the other act that came up that I think is worth sharing with you is the User Reviews and Communications Decent Act. And under this act, website owners, for the most part, cannot be held liable as publishers for defamatory review. So this really means that if you are, let's say, hosting some UGC and somebody goes on there and they post something that is horrible, maybe like that a restaurant is just, you know, awful and that they put rat poison in the food and it's completely false. If you're hosting that kind of content, you're not held liable and you are protected from any kind of like legal action. So that's important to kind of give that security blanket to your clients and to pass that in. So let's get into something that, you know, is really exciting. I feel like I had to be Debbie Downer a little bit with with the UGC terms and conditions and all these acts. And I don't really even know if I fully have gone into the depths of those two acts. It's really dry material to understand. And that's why as social media professionals, we can introduce, you know, this information. But let's tell our clients, I'm not an expert. This is just what I research. You know, if you're worried about it, let's go seek legal advice. And now let's talk about some 
really cool creative examples of user-generated content that might spark some ideas that I thought were very unique, out-of-the-box thinking, and were just really cool campaigns. So the first one was with Belkin. And so Belkin and Lego uh, collaborated and developed a line of customizable iPhone cases. And they created a microsite essentially where they showcased the cases. And what it is basically is the iPhone cases or your iPad cases or your iPod cases have a like Lego mat on the back of them. So, you know, you could like create little Lego cool like worlds, basically. Basically, and the company placed a call to action to their brand ambassadors and gave them a place to share their pictures of their new cases and show others the benefits of making their own creations. And they leveraged the hashtag Lego X Belkin, and you could purchase the cases from there. You could submit your photos, and it was such a cool campaign. Some of the submissions of just like creative ideas were incorporated, and I just thought it was such a neat way to incorporate e-commerce with a UGC effort. So that was one of the really cool campaigns that I came across. Another one, Starbucks launched a UGC campaign that focused on inviting consumers to doodle on their Starbucks cups. And so, you know, you get many creative types. They would submit their pictures as entries. They had over 4,000 brand ambassadors that actually participated in this campaign in a three-week span. And the winning entry was going to be focused or showcased as the template for a new limited edition Starbucks cup. So that was super cool. They got, you know, 4,000 entries. They got a new brand design and their logo on their cup was obviously featured and spread socially and virally and that was a really cool campaign. One of the campaigns that I wish I would have won was with Tourism Queensland for the best job in the world. And no shit, this is the best job in the world. They were going to launch a campaign with the prize of getting paid. Your salary would be $150,000 to spend six months on an island as a caretaker that included free housing and that hefty salary. So the UGC campaign asked brand ambassadors to submit a 60-second video to islandreefjob.com and the campaign generated more than 34,000 users submitted videos from more than 200 countries and generated more than $200 million in globally produced value media earned you know media buy and yeah, I wish I could have known that this existed I would love to have that best job in the world unfortunately they picked a winner and the contest is over but that was a great really unique example of a tourism you know, company leveraging UGC content. That one was super neat. Another one that's more of like grassroots, low budget, Illinois State University created a weekly Instagram UGC challenge to encourage students to submit pictures that had a theme each week. The college utilized a hashtag Redbirds2015 with a chance to win just some school gear so it can be as simple as a t-shirt, maybe a lanyard. And some of the examples of the challenges was Sunset at IS you. Their school colors are red, so the next week's challenge was spread the red. Then they wanted some black and white photos at athletic events. The next one was life on the quad. And so this was just such like a simple grassroots, low budget 
way to get the students participating in a unified effort. It provided expanded content for the social media managers there. And I just think that it's a campaign really, really well done. So this is going to about wrap it up. I hope you found this information valuable. Again, if you have a moment, it would really help in the rankings of my podcast for other people to discover it if you went into iTunes and subscribed and uh, also provided an honest review. I hope you find this valuable. And if you have any other questions, let's collaborate on Facebook or you can come back to my website, www.meganpruitt.com. And I thank you for your time and I look forward to my next podcast. Have a great day.